Hello and welcome to another episode of Artificially Speaking. Um, I've got Simon with me. Um, hey, hey Dave. We've got a few stories we wanted to have a look at today. Um, as always, and I think I say this every episode, there's a lot happening in the world of AI. Um, today has been no different. Um, one of the big headlines, I suppose, here in London, uh, but also kind of around the world, because I think a lot of countries are watching this, is the UK um, competitions watchdog um, has announced that it's going to be investigating um, AI um, models, including chatbots such as ChatGPT, and I think generally the whole AI industry. So it was announced um, late last night that um, the UK Competition and Markets Authority said they'd examine so-called foundation models, and I'm quoting this, such as software underlying ChatGPT and how the markets around those models are developing. So I think we, well, we I know we did, we touched upon um, what happened in Italy specifically with ChatGBT and how uh, OpenAI have kind of, not, I suppose, caved in is probably a correct term, but they've they've um, taken on board the suggestions that were made about obviously the minimum age and also processing of data. Um, what the the UK Competition and Markets Authority has said at this stage is that they're just going to inv investigate it now. I, the UK, it's a bit of a mouthful, but the UK Competition Markets Authority um, have been in the news a fair bit in the last few weeks. Um, they uh, last week they over they um, rejected the uh, the Microsoft and Activision, uh, sorry, the Microsoft takeover of Activision. Um, so they are getting a lot of attention at the moment, especially the chief executive Sarah Cardell who again is leading the charge on on this AI um, review. So yeah, I I think part of it as well is not just coming at it in the same way as we saw with the Italians. It's actually kind of looking at from a, a, a monopoly perspective in terms of obviously ChatGPT is in effect the go-to um, AI resource for many people. So I suppose, um, and again, this is something we have talked about before is that they can obviously shape the information that the users of ChatGBT, um, OpenAI, I mean, they can shape what actually ChatGBT users are seeing and and using. So in a way, you know, it's it's probably not a bad thing that this investigation is going on. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. But at this stage, it's very, very early on. Um, but I think what we're seeing week by week is the same sort of themes coming up. There's... Um, interest from government level or you know national level bodies into the whole ai area and we're starting to see more and more countries kind of go after this again i think simon you were the one that talked about this last time um legislation is always really slow to catch up with the technology so i suppose uh you know the the markets authority like we're seeing here if they were to kind of go after any of the players that potentially could be something that could happen quicker than, say, uh, new laws that could come through the UK Parliament. I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I, I read the other day that the Americans, um, when they they meet at the G7 summit, um, this is going to be something that they discuss uh, with the, the other countries who are part of the G7. Um, I'm, I'm just checking the dates. So May 29th to the 21st, uh, May 19th to the 21st, apologies. So 
it looks like they're, they're already starting to think, look, we, 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 the horse has bolted. We need to try and catch up the horse. And now what form of transport they're going to use to catch up? Is it snail or is it a car? Um, that will be the interesting thing. Um, and I, I think, like you say, it's, it's one of those where you watch this space. Um, what I've noticed the first couple of uh, mornings since that Jeffrey Hinton uh, retired is um, BBC News have had some sort of AI story on the actual physical news uh, in the morning. So they had the security secretary on this morning and he was talking about, you know, the importance of AI and, and really having those safeguards in place. So it looks like um, they are starting to get the gears moving. And, and for me, I think they've got to be thinking there's risk here of outsourcing confidential information. So is it almost that, you know, you have to have um, the, the, the government department set up for ai um i know you've just mentioned that one is looking at the competitions element of it but it's it's quite broad isn't it? it's overarching and probably touches on lots of departments so you yeah. imagine they'd have to amalgamate um lots of different departments and also they they're, they're supposed to be one of the leading lights in ai in england and we're we're, we're always quite innovative and in trying to be on the front foot so it is trying not to quash that, I imagine, and make sure that it still thrives, but striking the right balance to make sure yeah. those safeguards I, are in place. I think the other element of this as well, which I think this is the bit that, that especially here in the UK, they're going to push on in a big way, is the fact that I suppose the, the major AI platforms and models are in the hands of a very small number of companies. Now, yeah. at the moment, that's really just Google, Microsoft and OpenAI and then a few other startups. So it's a very small pool of, of, of players. And I suppose the reason why there's such a small number of players is just the cost of running these these models. Um, I, I know from looking at how much money OpenAI are burning through, the amount of processing power you need to be able to do this is just ridiculous. So mm. I suppose the the massive barrier to entry to operate one of these large AI models is is funds to do it. So I suppose that's where the concern is: is that because of that high entry cost of entry, you are condensing out the players into some very very large companies, which um, yeah, there could be concerns. And I suppose in the past, you've like especially Microsoft there. You've got uh, an, a company there that in the past has, has been in trouble for things like um, antitrust and, and other things in that area. So I suppose the natural thing that they were always going to do was to just check or investigate the marketplace to kind of see, yeah, what is in place and also if there's any issues for the consumer. Um, well, it, I, I it, think it would yeah. be, yeah, sorry, Dad. I think it would be amazing. <laughs> that the the very best chat gpt ai um it's got to be like do you remember Turing's first computer that you know the, the code yeah. cracker there has to be that level where it can start to crack some of the, the the strongest security because if auto gpt can just run itself once they mm. get to the stage where these things can just keep running um they'll have to find deeper levels of encryption, won't they? Or how do they keep things secure? 
especially for the everyday person on the street. And I can see, you know, I know in certain countries, I think China leads the way on face recognition as your passport sort of thing. Or, you know, if you go into yeah. a shop, they'll read your face. So I can see that's going to have to become more prevalent to try and reduce fraud. But then do we trade off some of our human rights again to go, well, look, if you want to buy certain things, we're so worried about fraud, you know, you, you've got to start using your face, your thumbprint, whatever it is. And it, it's then just that collection of data that's even deeper. And, you know, we know where you're going, what you're doing, what your spending habits, even more than we already yeah. do. Um, so there, there is, again, we always seem to spin back round to this deeper side of it where there are really grave concerns about who is overseeing this and if these companies these big tech companies are leading the way how much do they share with government agencies um, yeah. and which government agencies do they share it with you know obviously we get to see lots of western news we probably don't get to see accurate eastern news so we don't know what china um, are doing so you know, is China further along with AI? Is it not? Um, I imagine that they're not wanting to be left behind. And if they've got the uh, the finances, um, you know, we already know that they're great at copying things. Are they now going to become innovators and start to lead um, the AI? Well, and I, yeah, I don't want to I, say a war, but it's a, it's definitely a race, isn't it? It's definitely a well, race. Well, you, you're already, I suppose, there is already an arms race in place when it comes to potentially the ai in that it all boils down to the amount of processing power you've got and especially with ai like gpus is mm. the is the big focus but we still are in a situation where we are in that there's a shortage of of gpus um obviously like the american government has been trying to put in place um incentives to bring back a lot of the the chip uh, manufacturing out of places like Taiwan and mm. um, bring it back into the UK in the US for I suppose for reasons like this where you where we where we or where the West has more of a handle on the production of such important parts of the future economy and that if, if you're relying on I suppose in the case of uh, Taiwan you've obviously got the risk of potential war and then also you those factories could go offline or go offline in terms of availability if China yeah. did invade. Um, so you're left in a position where you you haven't got enough of the power of the the processing power to actually keep or continuing to move along um, mm. the AI AI technology. I suppose the the issue I know from from what I've seen over the last few weeks is there's a lot of technology out there. And, it, and I'm sure most people have experienced this in terms of um, uh, platforms or tools they've tried to use. ChatGBT is a good example of this. It's when you're using the free version of it, there'll be times in the day when it's not available because there just isn't enough processing power available. And that kind of symbolizes almost like the availability of those GPUs globally at the moment. Mm. It, it reminds me of the days of when you had um, mainframe servers and you know very basic PCs in that you know when you'd see a spec of a PC now the hard drive is you know the space is really not a concern anymore or the memory whereas yeah. you know previously you said well you can only do this much because you've only got say um, 
like a, a megabyte of ram available or 16 megabytes of ram you 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 were constrained by the processing power that was obviously locally on that machine whereas now um it, 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 we are in a case of say for example i was a large organization and i wanted some gpu processing power to run say my own instance of i don't know say like something running um something similar to chat gbt or um uh, your own app that's obviously utilizing technology from say google or microsoft open ai if you would say well actually i'd like to locally run that um kind of technology you you're going to really struggle at the moment because as i said the, the the global supply of of gpus is is very scarce so it's kind of like it, it, it there's an element of obviously not just if we go back to the example here of the uk um investigations the other element of this is if you've got a hat if you've got a massive um shall we say um resource of of gpus available to you and that's what you're seeing obviously with google microsoft and open ai for example yeah. um could you constrain who has access to that so again that could stifle competition um and generally just you know brings the whole industry to a grinding halt if the, if we can't actually get more processing power but yeah it's it's we kind of diverge a bit but it's a very it's a very wide-ranging thing that's happening because you have to say that there'll be other countries that will um look at look at this in more detail as well just to kind of i suppose to make it look like they're actually doing something about this rather than just letting it wash over them and kind of before it comes too late and ai is so um already ingrained in say the their economies um they're actually i suppose on the front foot but again mm. yeah I, it, they haven't really said what they're going to do so it, it's still quite um still quite open-ended it's it, as i said they're going to investigate but they haven't said much more than that really so yeah it, it, it's I'm, I'm sure it's something we'll be coming up again and again over the next few weeks and mm. months so I'm, i don't think this will be the end of it well, if you think about what we were touching on um, with Kenya being the outsourced partner for yeah. you know filtering things, China, if they decide they're going to send a lot of people to work on this, the population mm. is vast, yeah. and they can start to say, "Look, this is your role to be um, you know contributing to the country, and this is you know you being a pro patriot, and we need to be on the front foot." So they could quite easily you know get that human side of it that needs to be there to manage it and mm. do you know a lot of ai um where the human element is required to get themselves ahead because they won't need to follow protocols as much potentially because they can be a little bit more of a direct authoritarian on this is what's going to happen and you know we'll look after you but we need to be on the front foot with this so if they start to use their, their vast population to be on the front foot, they could also then become the leaders for these uh, roles that are out there that are currently not being you know, filled within the, the Western world. Now, does that then cause problems for people wanting to recruit? Would they not recruit Chinese people um, because of fear like they've we've seen before with Huawei and um, TikTok where they're trying to go, oh, no, we're banning it because... You know, mm. we've got fears of china infiltrating our systems well like you say if you haven't got the the man uh, or the workforce uh, then it will stifle the growth in other countries and if china does have the workforce then they can absolutely 
run away with it. And, you know, I know this is a hypothetical conversation at the moment, but it wouldn't surprise me if governments were having these conversations saying, you know, what have we got to do to try and make sure we're, we're up to speed with the, the skill set required um, in the AI um, well, world? You've already seen, um, just with processes as, a, as, a, as an example, the US government has stopped the sale of, um, has stopped people like Intel, and it was more AMD, I think, that were selling processes to, the, to China. Right. Um, to stop, um, well, China technically building supercomputers. Um, now, to be honest, I don't think it's really slowed China down um, because they could source the processes elsewhere. Um, but it obviously, you know, it, it had some impact because the US government has stopped those, those sales and stopped those, well, they're regarding processes in that case as a strategic um, item. That they don't want to share with potential rival or or you know uh well, i was going to say enemy but that might be too yeah. strong a word but um yeah they, they're already stopping that so yeah it, it, it as i said it, there is already an arms race so to speak mm. with this um and i suppose it's just really a case of you know who gets who gets to the i don't know who gets to the the it's almost like the, the the race has already started. It's yeah. it's not a case of getting to the finish line, but it's almost getting to the first kind of checkpoint. And mm. I think we've hit that first checkpoint in terms of these first kind of tools that have started to pop up. And especially, obviously, um, with the large AR models that are now in play, that yeah. feels like the, the first checkpoint. But then what's the second checkpoint? And mm. where are the responses, I suppose, what's i need to have a look at this in a bit more detail but what is yeah. china's um ai focus and i suppose also I, I was reading about russia's ai uh response as well i know that um there's an ai platform from um one of the largest russian banks called Spearbank. um but i don't know kind of where that is or, or kind of what the capabilities are of that because i suppose china and russia to some degree are similar in that they're not necessarily going to want to use um, OpenAI, Google, Microsoft, etc. They're going to yeah. want to have their own kind of version, I suppose. It, it's like in most things. So, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting space. But as I well, say, I'm sure we'll be coming back to it again and again. <laughs> One final point on this, Dave, is the accuracy of ChatGPT. So I know that there's an Australian guy who's actually taking them to court at the moment. Um, yeah. Because it was telling it or it was um, providing information to say that he'd been arrested and done something and been in prison which was complete falsehood um so the, some of this stuff and i haven't read any deeper into it just yet but some of um the ai has hallucinations misinformation yeah. the accuracy is not as um, strong as it could be and i think coming back to that human workforce to iron out those um inaccuracies will make a big difference in trust and you know reliability so those people who can do that with the workforce the power um will definitely be in a much stronger place and you know any country can set up a, an organization in the west so it's not to say that they can't do the training in their own country and then go right let's go and establish ourselves elsewhere and yeah. compete 
with uh, open AI. We'll still probably have our own AI versions for our own populations in our own countries, but we want to compete with the West yeah. and, you know, show that we're actually further along the track than them. Then, you know, I can really see this being the next, you know, race to the moon type thing yeah. where, it, you know, the person who gets ahead um, will hold some a much stronger hand at the table. Yeah, it's, it is like a new space race, really. Okay, so I suppose, Simon, what's caught your eye today? Yeah, so uh, it was um, that AI, or can AI, help humans not to make mistakes? Um, so I'm, I've always been interested in history, and apparently, you know, the thing is with humans, we make the same mistakes over and over yeah. again. Now, I know that there will be certain elements of society who will think that there's the, an elite group of people are always putting us in wars and doing X, Y, Z. Now, that may be the case. I don't know. Um, I'm not yeah. going to go down that route. But what I'm going to say is, you know, if we genuinely, as human beings, do keep making the same mistakes because we don't pass on the information accurately, uh, we forget about it, and then it comes round again, then, you know, if AI can do a much better job of reminding us um, oh, oh! Remember, you don't want to do this because it it meant to, millions of people dying last time. So let, let's stop that. Um, I think this could be a powerful thing. I, I particularly like this quote, um, which sort of summarised how poor we are at um, not making the same mistakes. So the only thing we learn from history is that we don't learn from history. Uh, and I thought that summarised it quite uh, nicely in regards to why do we make these mistakes. So one of the issues is forgetfulness. We are bad at learning things, um, especially when they go wrong. So instead of identifying fault, we ignore the embarrassing turn of events. So if uh, someone's got, been a bit culpable, oh, no, no, nothing to see here, move on. Uh, and um, that sort of uh, allows us to regurgitate and make these problems again. So when we do forget, uh, we can't also accurately deduce what might happen. So this is another one of the issues. We can't predict, oh, if I go down this route, what will happen? So this is where AI could potentially go, right, let's get some sort of algorithm going where we do remember the, the, the problems we faced, why they come about, predict where these problems might surface again, and then start to create some solutions to make sure that we, we don't go around um, the, the same thing. Because as humans, we can sometimes find the situation is too complex or yeah. too time-consuming time for us to think about. And uh, human bias always gets in the way as well. So we misinterpret what is going on. You know, we see the world through our lens based on our values and beliefs where – AI could be neutral and give that more balanced response. Where do you think something like where, like I suppose this is all hypothetical to some degree, but where do you think this could could actually play a part in people's lives? You know, where where would be a quick, you know, how, where is this going to be hitting our lives quickly? I suppose one area that comes to mind is obviously say things like investing, um, maybe where you're pumping money into shares or um, other investments. I suppose if there was an AI kind of helper or or guide that could literally say, well, actually, we don't think this is a good idea because of this, this and this, mm. but also 
as you said that past performance as well could say well actually i think you've been rash or uh, you know that those things what is it have you got any is there any examples of where this might be kind of coming to play now or do you think it's it's still got a way to go before we see this in it's the still got a way, yeah it's still got a way to go in relation to who trains the ai who's yeah. who's bias whose information do we use you know if we look at history there's all di different interpretations you know we won't go too deep into the slave trade but how things are perceived from different elements and sides of that there has yeah. to be almost an agreement of going well, we, we can't have certain things happening. And the AI, as usual, would need to be trained not to be too sensitive on one side, but also not to be over-optimistic on the other side um, because it could also miss risk. It could also go, oh, no, everything will be fine. So where is that fine line and who sets that? And I keep getting myself drawn back to Jeffrey Hinton, and I think these are all the questions that are bubbling up out of his situation because i watched a, a short video of him earlier talking on cnn where he was outlining when the guy was asking him questions he was saying i don't know this yeah. is the godfather and he's probably hypothesized lots of and he's still unsure now could that be his public persona and actually he's got a little bit more as we said the other day um squirreled away um you know, for me, I think medical litigation is a, an area where we can start to think. And if they do start to automate, we do know that robots already perform surgeries. So it's not a great leap of um, faith to say that, you know, that there'll be other elements of that. Finance, I do believe you're correct. Um, if algorithms can be more predictive um, in relation to that. But again, they still have to now learn this AI world and how that mm. looks to then navigate that as well. And if we throw crypto into the mix and how that is going to start, you know, manipulating the systems and what, and do we go to a centralized di digital currency or not? Um, there's lots of talk and speculation about it. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it happened in the future. Is a AI going to be part of that blockchain development or management, or does that become the regulator to make sure that, you know, these contracts are honored um, within the blockchain as they should be. Um, other areas for me, that's what took my interest was war. You yeah. know, I'm a, and this is where, you know, why I mentioned the conspiracy theorists, uh, you know, our people, big business saying we need war to generate weapons to earn money. Um, there is an element of that that could well be happening. I don't know. But if we're looking at things and going, well, we would like peace. Um, you know, we both have children. We'd like to make sure that they have a safe world to live in. If AI can be created to say, well, actually, let's use it from a diplomacy perspective. Um, is there a way that we can start to utilize AI that people buy into? But again, humans have to agree um, on the, 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 the basic rule set, which I think is always a big thing. It, it doesn't seem like we can get around the table most of the time. Um, so this is why I think that Jeffrey Hinton has a fear. And if you think back to Will Smith's film, um, it starts to say, well, humans are reckless. You know, yeah. you're, you're not, you, you don't safeguard yourself. So my job is to safeguard you. The best way to safeguard you is probably 
to uh, put an end to you all. <laughs> so well, I was going to say, if <laughs> the the risk is, isn't it? If you if you take AI and literally get it to make a process more and more efficient, the obvious thing is the way to make something more efficient is not to involve humans. Yeah. Um, we're the, I suppose we're the issue in a lot of mm. things. Um, and the whole, yeah, it depended on what you mean by taking humans out of the equation is that you <laughs> automate stuff completely or as you said, I think we touched upon the other uh, earlier this week is, is that like the Terminator scenario where um, the machines take over and get rid of us because we're just holding up the whole thing. Well, if it's a reality check and we actually have to get to a place where if we don't collaborate, meaningfully across cultures across countries there is a real threat from ai i mean i know they're saying well we could pull the plug but i don't know enough about it yet we're still learning this stuff ourselves yeah. as we go so it is you know the, these areas where you go we have to be more adult about these things because it does always strike me when you listen to politicians how childish they they, they come across and appear so it's about us trying to say, well, look, AI is this new um, kid on the block and um, it's not one that you can ignore. And if we don't want to repeat history, we've got new history being formulated. We have to, you know, stop bickering and start to think about that. There. So, yeah, my big thing was I, I was drawn to it because it was a picture of Napoleon on the back of a horse. And they were saying, can it help us? And, and you think yeah surely ai can be a force for good we do believe that we want to see it go on and succeed yes it has problems it needs to iron out but you know it's still got this massive capacity for for doing good but it does need all of us to want it to succeed uh, and uh, succeed by making sure that we're safeguarded and looked after now that may be a bit naive of me i don't know um but I would like to be optimistic on it and say, well, look, there are challenges ahead. Um, but if AI can assist humans to make less um, catastrophic mistakes, either financial, health-wise, war-wise, et cetera, then that's got to be something that we, we've got to pursue. I, do, I think I suppose, I, from speaking from my perspective, I, I can't see AI being the thing that could stop future wars or anything like that i i still think you're gonna have to have people um speaking and i i just don't see that ever changing i suppose where ai could play a role in 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 say warfare or kind of just generally that large-scale things like that is again i suppose it's 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 delivering or 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 optimizing um things so for example in the case of wars or, or potential for war is is ai could optimize weapons now obviously yeah. there is an yeah. element of that already but that's yeah i just don't i i, I think the issue would be is that and i guess it's very futuristic way of looking at it but there may be a case of as i suppose if and it sounds like a hollywood movie but actually if there was something that did go wrong with ai in terms of wrong as in like towards the human race yeah it might be that that brings together all the different countries of the world to unite as one to kind of take on a an ai driven um 
army of robots i suppose i don't know but that i i, I just see i think in terms of the world becoming a more peaceful place i don't see that happening in the short term and also i don't see ai as being a a big bringer together of of nations that have got differing kind of mm. aspirations and rules i i suppose the other area where ai might have something to play but i really don't see it, what how it could work at the moment is in countries like china where you have got um restrictions on information mm. um and obviously uh, restrictions on, on on specific tools as such like if you think like um the us social media platforms aren't really available in the u sorry aren't available in china yeah. um i don't really know how or can see foresee how ai could actually enable that, that you know breaking down of those structures but maybe that's the the area that we're overlooking i don't know but i just don't at this stage i don't really see how ai is going to help that because especially again china or other or fair or if i can speak other kind of restrictive societies like that so even like north korea and stuff i don't see how um those that have got their shall we say hand on the tiller are mm. actually going to give over that any of that power or restriction I, again i don't see I don't really understand how AI could help at this stage, but it may be an area that could expand. I don't know. Like, I suppose with China, you almost need an uprising of the people to kind of to throw to get rid of um, um, the the Chinese Communist Party. But I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe AI make it yeah. will make it more efficient to do that. I don't know. But at this stage, it's, I don't really, I don't foresee how AI is going to enable that. If if I'm honest. No, and I think they'll be putting safeguards in place to prevent any sort of Western um, alliance trying to do that. I mean, if you look at certain people who talk about the Americans, they they say that they're actually the aggressors predominantly. Yeah. They cause more problems around the world than other people. Uh, I saw the other day that they've got 300 overseas army bases in a variety of different countries. And if you compared that to China, I think China, they said they had about 29. Um, so when we we're worried about authoritarian authoritarian states sometimes the american are the uh the wolf dressed in sheep's clothing aren't they they're the ones who are trying to pretend uh, oh no don't look at us it's that big bad china and russia and, and the next minute they're the ones invading somewhere else to um, try and take them um and there, there, there's a lot of people who are starting to think that their economic system i see what elon Musk talking about it the other day um, he has fears for the American economic system, um, especially, I don't know if you saw it, Dave, where he was talking about real estate and, you know, the cost of office space. And he hasn't been paying the Twitter office real estate bill because he wants to go back to the negotiation table and say, yeah. well, look, you know, at the end of the day, this real estate's not worth what it was. So, you know, let's get around the table and thrash out a new price. And there's so much money invested in this. Um, you know, real estate, that there's a real fear, uh, and I don't know how realistic this fear is, that that could have a, a real impact. A lot of these organizations, people might not pay the bills, and then all of a sudden this real estate is surplus re to requirements because of people working from home. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I'm fearful that if the Americans do uh, really get another Great Depression, I think he was calling it, um, then you know what could happen what could happen 
are they seen as a, a little bit weak at that time or not? It'll be a, an interesting space. Yeah, it's yeah, it's there's a, as, as we said with the other topic, there's there's a lot happening. But then I suppose, as I said, day by day, week by week, there's so much happening in this whole AI space that we, you know, who knows what we would have what we'll see in the next six months, let alone um, the next six years. So yeah, it's, 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 it's good to keep an eye on all of this. So yeah, I suppose that kind of wraps us up quite nicely. I, what we'll be doing um, for the rest of the week is again, keeping an eye on some of the new stories. Also, we'll have a longer form pod um, beginning of for next week. So keep an eye out um, on social media for what we're up to. If you go to artificiallyspeaking.org, you'll see how you can follow us. You can sign up for our newsletter, so you'll get a breakdown of what we cover in every podcast. And you can actually message us through either of our Twitter um, accounts, or you can actually email us as well. So if you've got any questions, comments, suggestions, we'd love to get um, to, get, to get, get for you to get in touch. So please uh, say hello even, and uh, we'll see you next time on Artificially Speaking. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Dave.